Hello, and welcome to Ride the Omnibus. I'm your host, Ariel Basca, and today I'm speaking with director Carter Smith about his queer horror film, Swallowed. Thank you so much for having this interview with me, Carter. Yes, thanks for talking to me. Your film is very uncomfortable to watch. Yes. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> uncomfortable. I don't think I've been in a horror film in a very long time that made me squirm quite so much. There's so much of it that feels like coded sexual assault or overt sexual assault yeah. pretty much throughout the runtime. How on earth did you create a safe space for people in that context? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, A, we had we were working with a really small crew. So there was, you know, there was from the beginning, like the two boys, uh, that play uh, Benjamin and Dom, like they came out a week early and we just spent a ton of time together and just sort of feeling, you know, comfortable and sort of coming up with, you know, a way to be intimate in those scenes. And we spent, we did spend a lot of time just kind of just talking about like, okay, what are, what, what is this going to be like, you know, and, and, you know, and, and making sure that, you know, that they were, they were comfortable with it. And, and knowing, I mean, obviously there's also a lot of nudity in the film and you know, that that was something before they signed on that they, they were aware of and, and knew about. Um, but it was just like, you know, kind of getting down on the floor and kind of going through the motions and, and sort of, you know, the three of us, you know, how does this feel? How does that <laughs> like, you know, what, how is this, you know, is it okay if I touch you here? Is it like, you know, kind of talking it through in a way that, that felt um, that they were protected and that they felt, you know, okay with it. Yeah. Um, and the performances that you got from them are so vulnerable and so strong. Also, thank you for the full frontal male nudity. I always appreciate that because it just never happens in cinema. There's so much the other way around and... I 100% agree. <laughs> yes, I hear you. Yes. In terms of crafting the story the way that you did, I know that Mark Patton was a huge inspiration for the script and yeah. what you saw of his story on Screen Queen, but where did the kind of philosophy that drives the film come from for you? Um, I mean, I think that, like, I wanted to tell a really intimate story and I wanted about these, you know, Benjamin and Dom and sort of this idea of, of being in a place that, that doesn't feel like your place, you know, for Benjamin specifically. I mean, I grew up in Maine in a very small town and, you know, left the second that I could. And, and, you know, this idea that, you know, in order for him to be himself and to, to, to feel validated, he has to leave because he doesn't get that from, you know, his day to day life. You know, but at the same time, I like the idea that, you know, he actually does get a certain amount of that from Dom and maybe can't see it. Or, you know, that, that there's a, um, there's a inability on his part to, to see, you know, that his friend loves him even in a way that just doesn't translate into, you know, the love that he needs, mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that really answers your question. It absolutely does, because that's a particular corner of queer stories that doesn't get explored very much. Yeah. Well, and, and I like, you know, and I, and I also, you know, I imagine this world, you know, this very backwards world and what a, 
what a guy like Rich, you know, played by Mark Patton, like he is, you know, a kind of big shot drug, you know, quote unquote drug lord in this backwoods world. And like, what is, what does a, a man like that have to do to survive and thrive in, in, you know, a, 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 a place like that? Like how, how much posturing and how much pain and how much kind of shit has he had to go through to make it to, you know, to where he is and how has that affected him? And, and, you know, might he have been a different person if, you know, he had not, you know, had to thrive in that world. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that I really love about this film is you explore several different ways to be homophobic and several different ways to be gay. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that dichotomy between the characters of Benjamin and Rich and looking at them as predator and prey and the toxicity that is in a lot of that pederasty language yeah. and everything. And in the power dynamic. Yeah. And the, when I, I mean, you know, the, this, you know, the scene when Rich forces him to strip, mm-hmm. like, you know, that is, we as an audience, I mean, we're waiting for Benjamin to pull his pants down mm-hmm. just as much as Rich is. And does that make us, you know, as complicit as, as Rich is in that? I mean, it's like this weird kind of, you know, gray area where, you know, I mean, you know, yes, Rich is, is, you know, sort of preying on Benjamin. Um, but like as an audience, we're also kind of wanting the same thing. And so it's, it's kind of like this weird middle ground where, you know, Benjamin is, is kind of using his power and sort of, you know, to take control of the situation in a way that I think is where he finds his strength and where he, you know, what, where he, is able to take back control and is able to, to sort of, you know, not break out of being the victim mm-hmm. in a way. In terms of what your work was like with the cast on set, I understand that you shot this in pretty short order. It was a fast, it was a quick shoot. Yeah. 15 days. And in your parents' cabin as well. Yeah. Correct? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It, it was, yeah, it was, it was lean, mean and, you know, full steam ahead. But like, shooting in a remote location like that was also gave us a lot of um, freedom because on our location, we did not have, there was no cell phone reception. There was no internet. There was no electricity. There was, you know, so when we were on set, we were, everyone was a hundred percent focused on what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as opposed to like cut and then everyone gets on their phone, you know, which is like such a frustrating way to try to make movies. It's like making movies in mud. Like mm-hmm. where this was like, we were laser focused and, and you know, there was nothing else. I mean, you could go swim in the river for a minute, but like, that's kind of all. Yeah. But you had a captive audience with the crew and the cast at the time. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty great. Yeah. We were, I mean, we were very much, we were, tra- you know, we were kind of trapped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have a sense of what motivated other people to join you on this particular project? I'm just curious what the pitch was to other people. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, I wrote the script a hundred percent really kind of for me, I just, I wanted to write something that was, I wasn't trying to fit it into any sort of framework. I just wanted to write a story that like I wanted to see on screen about characters that I wanted to spend time with and watch them go through shit. And I think that, I mean, everyone that worked on the film was someone that I either met with one-on-one to talk about it with or someone who I had met before. Um, And I think that people just, you know, kind of, 
jumped on board, you know, hearing how passionate I was about it and that it was going to happen, you know, at this level or at this level, you know, no matter what there was, we were going to find a way to do it. And I think that that in a lot of ways is, can be really contagious. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, obviously like Jose who played Dom, it was his first role. So he was super excited. You know, Cooper who played Benjamin, it was his first time being a lead. And Benjamin is like a fucking badass, like amazing character, you know, Mark, you know, that was a fun part for him and something that he had so not what he has ever done before. So he was, you know, to be honest, he was a little bit hesitant and, and sort of, he's like, you know, not convinced he could do it. I was like, yes, you can do it. You are rich. Like you are, you know, rich as you, there's no way that this could be anyone but you. And I mean, Jenna is fucking amazing at everything she does. And she was, and she was so on board to be, to, you know, to have fun with it and to sort of be the, you know, the sort of the driving force of, you know, pushing all of this horrible shit forward. Yeah. And Jenna Malone in the film does such an incredible job as well, portraying your first taste of villainy. And it's also very interesting how you have the guy in the truck stop, the Jenna Malone character and Rich all taking advantage in different ways. And are there any particular things that you've experienced in your life that you drew on for the sketching of those characters? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, as a, as a queer kid growing up in a small main town, mm-hmm. like, you know, I was, I don't think I ever ran, ran into a, like a Randy the Redneck in a rest stop, but like, I was always a, like, you know, it was not that I was like going to have sex in rest stops, but like, I was, it was, I was aware of, constantly aware of, of like the threat of violence, you know, for no other reason than the fact that I like, you know, didn't look or sound or dress like everyone else. Um, and, you know, so that, I mean, that's like the, you know, the basic, like, you know, okay, every small town gay kid is afraid of, you know, that. Um, and then there's, you know, as a young gay man, there are sometimes predatory older gay mm-hmm. men, you know, so that's like another sort of predator that you have, yeah. that you have to be aware of and ha- learn how to navigate. And yeah. like, you know, so that was, you know, like an interesting kind of, you know, and, and the Jenna's character is, is kind of the most traditional yeah. of, of the antagonists because, you know, she's just a plain badass that like, you know, it wants to <laughs> get her shit done. And so she's like the most, the most sort of acceptable or, 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 you know, or kind of like, you know, routine, you know, not routine, but you know what I mean? Like she's, I, I do. Yeah, like she's out for herself in those traditional drug dealer kind of way. Yeah. You see on film. And- yeah. And then I think that she has a really interesting shift as well. Like that, that is, you know, that it, within the story that she kind of, I like that she becomes the, the, that she ends up having compassion and you do break through that kind of tough exterior. Mm-hmm. And her performance is absolutely marvelous. And I kept thinking there was such a vulnerability to her, almost from the very first. Yeah. That kind of shocked me for the way the part was written. I think that there's so much that she has to play that's pretty complex on top of everything. Like the logistics of the the, the mechanics of the story. Yeah. yeah. And she's, she isn't, like, she doesn't have, like, the lines of dialogue that necessarily put that vulnerability yeah. front and center. It's yeah. all done with body language and looks right. and, you know, sort of master of the craft, yeah. you know, Jenna Malone's magic. Yeah. Yeah. Another queer icon. Yeah. 
You had several people, women. People, yeah, people. I've had so many women tell me, "Oh my god, Jenna Malone!" Like I, when I realized that I like had maybe a part of me that liked women is when I saw her in the ruins. Like, which is so, I was like, amazing, great, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think a lot of people, like that one scene in Neon Demon is the thing they really fixate on. Yeah. Because necrophilia hot. Yeah, it's it's definitely, <laughs> it's easy to fixate on that, yeah. on that one. Yeah. yeah. I saw that you worked with the main film office. Uh-huh. Did you ever have any issues with the way that you were portraying Maine in this promiscuous, drug-filled story? No, because, I mean, actually the main film office never even read the script. Oh, right. It was basically just like, you know, they helped put us in touch with some crew, and it was very, like, we operated completely, I mean, from day one, this whole entire film was created, you know, with a very small group of people. And, and that, you know... By its inception, it was created in order to be the type of project that I wouldn't have to ever hear from someone. Uh, I don't know about this aspect. Can you maybe change this? And so, you know, it, and as if 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 I had ever heard that, I would have been like, okay, that's your that that means that you're not the right person to to work on this with. I mean, everybody, you know, from the sound recorders to the you know to the everybody was you know had read the script knew exactly what it was and was and was kind of intrigued by how to tell this like weird fucked up backwoods story yeah um but i think that you know i mean there's good people and bad people everywhere you know what i mean there's yeah. there's weird backwoods drug dealers in every state i'm sure you know not just maine <laughs> i'm quite sure you're right about yeah. that yeah and then and you know i mean i think that um I mean, the only people that, that I'll probably get that from and take it is probably my parents who have, <laughs> have not seen it yet, but whose oh. cabin it takes place in. And so there will be... How do you think they're going to react? Oh, I mean, they've seen Bug Crush and they've seen other films of mine, so they will not be surprised, but they will mm-hmm. also be definitely yeah. squirming in their seats and like sort of you know, sighing in relief when it's over. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. Use our space for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, like, you know that silver bowl that, like, Jenna's like, when you have to go shit, you go in here. Like, that's their bowl at the at camp that they used to wash dishes in because oh. we don't have running water. So it's like, I know that there, it's going to be like, I can't believe you used my bowl for the, you know. <laughs> like, oh, it's okay, mom. It's okay. Relax. <laughs> and of course, the camp doesn't look like that. It's like, cutesy and you know has like little bears you know we completely dressed it to be a backwoods crazy drug den but they'll make it through i'm I'm confident well it's a wonderful film and i just want to thank you so much for everything that you were able to craft with this i think it's so wonderful that we're now seeing these kinds of stories on screen i'm so excited that they're that you know it's finding an audience and to hear things like that from people as a queer genre fan and creator like you know i make things in a bubble sometimes and to actually hear from people how much it means to them to 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 see these types of characters and these types of stories being told in the genre that we love so much is amazing it's also just so nice to know i'm not alone like i'm not the only one that wants to you know to see these characters and stories that are as fucked up as you know i want to make them (laughs) and fantasia is a great place for that yes yes (laughs) well thank you so much yeah thank you Thank you for listening. 
And thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now and what treaties govern those territories. I record this podcast on the site of land stolen from the Manahoac people. I am grateful to work on this land, and I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that have made innumerable contributions around the world. I share this in the hope that my listeners may join me in honoring our past, present, and future. Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now to leave us a five-star review by clicking on support the show in the show notes. We don't want your money. We want your words. A simple RTO rocks my socks expands our reach and helps us keep bringing you great content. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter where we are at Omnibus Ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com, where you can go to dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch. Mm-hmm.